Hi, Tom Bernard here. You're listening to Best of the Family. Enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know? And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Walls Automotive Group, Walls.com, and Doug Sprinthal. Nissan news. This is exciting, and I'm glad Andy's here. We just got our first shipments at Coon Rapids Nissan and Burnsville Nissan of the all-new 2021 Nissan Rogue. Dude, you need to trade. This is a brand-new vehicle. It's got bird's-eye parking, so when you're backing up, you hit the screen, and it's like a spy satellite above oh. the vehicle, it is, and it's got ProPilot. It is cool. Trade your car in. Well, Melissa said she did like this one better than the last one, so maybe she'll like the next one better than this one. All right. Be like Andy and Melissa and check out the Nissan Rogue. It's been a dream of mine to be like Andy ever since he was born. <laughs> so, yeah, check out these vehicles at Walzer Nissan in Burnsville and in Coon Rapids, House of J-Lo and the House of Dan Resch. Tell them Andy sent you. Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. Rocking out, there's no question about it. So, what's the latest? I just uh, McRib is back. Mark Dayton married a 32 year old. year old. What? Former governor. You said Mark the Rib- McRib is back. I know you're excited. <laughs> <laughs> what? He oh, married man. a 32 year old. How old is he? 78? 73. Oh. Yeah. Well, that's unfortunate. That's 41 year difference. That's a cute couple. Creepy ish. Sorry. Do you find that creepy? I really do not like those. Uh, okay, now let me well, ask first, you a question. I mean, I'm sure she loves him for so many <laughs> things. Yeah. He seems like a real catch. Yeah. It would seem to me that she's attracted to him in a billion different ways. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. You know what I'm saying. I have uh, never had a McRib in my life. Well, I don't think I have either. It's meat. You have... You've definitely you went had a through McRib. a McRib phase. I don't remember that at all. Yes, you were he all doesn't about remember his food. Yeah. Oh, long ago. I don't know. Five, ten years ago. See, Time is a construct. Yeah. 
I yeah. like I remember exactly the date when you went through your McRib phase. I think I have I don't better remember things any to pay McRib phase. To. You definitely did. Because I remember them being super creepy because it's meat shaped in the shape yeah, of ribs. Yeah, that's weird. That's exactly <laughs> right. No, like there's no rib. It's yeah, a no. rib. It's a difference, not a rib. It's a McRib. Well, it's you have creepy. to be able to eat it while you're driving your car and talking on your phone. That is yeah. So you can't have bones. Phone. That is the you main. Can't have bones. Main thing with McDonald's. It's the only reason they don't have bones is for convenience, not because they were poured into a mold. No, not at all. Well, they might have been poured into a mold. Who knows? <laughs> JB has his own podcast now. Well, I, he talked to me. He, he said does? he was going to do it well, with Sandy. With Sandy. I guess he's got one now. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Huh. That's, nice. What's he called again? He told me the JB Slow Tech Eighties. What Slow Tech Eighties? What does that mean? JB Slow Tech Eighties <laughs> podcast. He's on Podbean. Podbean. So what is Podbean? I don't know. It sounds cute. It must be another podcast application where you can get podcasts. Beans. Do you know what Podbean is, Andy? Uh, yeah. It's probably like Stitcher. Yeah, I think it is. Oh, it's like that? Okay. Yeah. It's right. a podcast. Host. So JB, it's called the what again? JB's... Slow Tech. Slow Tech 80s. 80s. JB. <clears throat> yeah. S. JB's Slow Tech 80s. Slow Tech. Yep. And you can get it on Podbean. So there you go. Yep. Is tech spelled like T-E-C-H? I think so. Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. I'm not seeing it. J-A-Y-B-E-E-S-L-O-W. Or is it slow tech? What <laughs> the hell are you what? saying? What? You said it was slow tech. It's probably just JB low tech or JB slow tech. I don't know. Oh, which it must be low tech. Oh, low tech. It's that low makes tech, a lot more sense. Tech. Sorry. Why would it be JB's slow tech? Slow tech. I don't know. Oh, I, it's I, it's, I, he didn't consult me and tell me what he was doing, <coughs> as usual. Because it's all one tech? word, that's why. He only calls me when he needs uh, real, real estate, estate advice. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> He's not calling me about podcasting. I suppose it clearly. Should, yeah, it. I've got so much advice. I, I think he was working with Sandy on that, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure that he is, but I, I think that's what he was going to do: is work with Sandy on that deal. Good for him. Indeed, that'll be good. He's got Maybe much he's to guy. say. He's a very nice guy too. Mm-hmm. I have to ask you a question, and it, 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 it may sound political, but it's not. It's just the way people think in the world now. Here we go. Because I don't understand how you can think this way. Which way? There is a, a bunch of uh, every day. There are at least five stories about this Kelly Leffler. I don't know, why are they after her so much? I don't much? know who that is. She's running for. That's really good. At thirty-one years old, you don't know who the uh, somebody running for the U.S. Senate is. Never heard of her. There's, oh, God. What a hundred senators? Yeah, wait. She's I, already a senator, isn't she? Yeah. So yeah. she's our. Her... There are so many freaking senators. Oh, like, yeah. I mean, you, you, know, know, you know everyone, Dad. Wow, that's yes, impressive. I, I know both Texas senators right now. Go. I know that she's very wealthy. Yeah. Kelly Lefter is, yeah. And yeah, I know that people don't like that, although they seem to adore most very wealthy politicians, except for that's her, true. because she is. So she must be a Republican. I'm guessing. I guarantee. Yeah, she is. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's why they don't like her. Her name is Kelly Lefter. 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 L o e. F F L E R. Like the CBS Loeffler? News. Kelly Leffler repeats Trump didn't lose. Right. CNN. How Kelly Leffler got backed into admitting Trump lost. Nope. I know. I just, uh, this is exactly the reason I brought it up, Andy. Because now Newser says in Georgia, Leffler won't say Trump lost. I have a question for you. And I don't have a dog in this fight. I don't live in Georgia. Uh, Trump, you know, I had lunch with him, but it's the, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a Republican. Well, we I'm not a Democrat so. either. But I don't understand something. 
So Kelly Leffler, because she's still running, they're trying to make her look really bad. So the other guy, who's the biggest prick on earth, by the way, who hates white people. Oh, lovely. Oh, he's a disgusting human being. Why and he's, not? You know, but as long as he, he hates the honkies, apparently he's okay with some <clears> people. But Kelly Leffler now, here's what I understand about this. So they bring it up how she, she won't let it, she won't admit it. Hillary Clinton to this day says she was cheated out of the presidency. So for four years, we've been hearing Hillary Clinton run her yapper. Oh, no, I know. That's like you saw, I don't know who posted it. Maybe it was the Babylon Bee, but it was like same people that swear Hillary was, or that Trump cheated to win the presidency now claims it's impossible to cheat to win the presidency. That's true. That's exactly my point. I know. It's like, my God, would you, if you can't have, look, I think Hillary Clinton has every right as an American to bitch and say she got cheated. Mm -hmm. But so does President Trump and so does Kelly Leffler. They have the same rights Hillary Clinton does, don't they? Yes. I feel like no matter who you are in politics, you're going to say, I got cheated out of. Well, that's true. Well, because there always is cheating. Oh, it was, yeah, it they're was, all cheaters. They're all cheaters. We, we watched a Disney production. It's called Godmothered. Godmothered. It's new on Disney+. Plus. It's very oh, yeah. cute. It's very cute. And just like easy. And, and they made so much fun of the press. Good. It was hilarious. It. Oh, my God. That was the best part of yeah, the movie. Yeah, what was the funniest? Oh, oh my geez. God. They were they like. really. Just, funny. Yeah, they were oh. they were just openly admitting you don't tell the truth, you just make no. stuff up, well, and then you and then you un- unsubstantiate it, right? Right. There were fire <laughs> there were fireworks kind of situation going on, but it was like from super, a magic wand. Yeah, incident. but it was super crazy. And the guy that was reporting was like, "We're not sure fireworks were not planned. We're not sure where they came from." And then the broadcaster was like, "Do you have any?" Like, have you heard that this could be from witchcraft? And the guy was like, no, I've never heard of that. And she's like, I've heard that it's from witchcraft. And he goes, do you have any evidence to back that up? And she goes, no. <laughs> Just like. Sounds well, about right. That sounds yeah. about it. It's, it was say, tra- yeah. yeah. I loved that part of it, that it just totally made fun of the press. I know. Okay, now funny. here's another headline, which I don't understand. <clears throat> you heard that the first vaccinations are going to come out the end of this week. I have. Yes. Oh, you haven't heard it? Well, then you haven't watched the news. Why would you? The first round of vaccinations are coming out later this week. Okay. And then the final people will get it, people like me and you, will get it uh, probably the end of April or early May. Never. No, thank you. Or Alex is not getting it at all. But (laughs) here's my my question. So that's a lot of news. We've got it all covered, all the rest of it. This is the headline in Newser. White House lays out optimistic vaccine schedule. They just won't let anything get by without well, criticizing. They were they? they were fighting about who should get it first and if it should go to um, inner city people first because they're more vulnerable. Why? Well, it should be, Why? Or if it should go to people that are on the front lines. Yes. 100%. Or yeah, I mean, they were just fighting about it, of course, because that's all they do. Okay. Well, let me just run something by, and I've told everybody this before. It is not a skin color thing like they claim it is. It is an inner city thing. And I was just talking to Andy Fisher, my dearest friend. Andy, our son, is named after Andy Fisher. So there you go. That's how close we are. Andy and I sat on the phone last night because another friend of ours died just a couple of days ago. Of the 40 guys that I hung around with in North Minneapolis, 35 of them are dead. Most of them died in their 40s and 50s, some now in their 60s. But most of them died in their 40s and 50s. It is not a skin color thing. It's an inner city thing. 
a lot of drinking, a lot of cigarette smoking, a lot of bad behavior. <clears throat> I was there shoulder to shoulder, so I'm not pointing any fingers. I didn't behave the way I should have when I was a young man either. But literally every Andy Fisher, Tommy O'Brien, uh, Terry Burnham, and the Laurent brothers uh, with Greg Lundin. So it's six. It's six out of 40. So thir- 34 are dead and six are still alive. So I don't know. I, you know. Those are bad odds. Stop saying it's a skin color thing. It's not a black thing. It's a poor people thing. So I don't know why they have to make everything. Why is everything a racist thing now? Because that's, makes just, money. The, that's just the narrative right now. It just doesn't, it doesn't help people who really need the vaccine, though, does it? It doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter, does it? No. So they try to be, oh, this is who should get it first. No, poor no. people should get if it you, if, you, if, you, if you raise your flag and your flag stands for this, then you've got to be committed to the oh, to You don't the have say. to lie. Oh, yeah, you can do that. Why do you have to lie? Because it's easy. Right. Well, that's true. And people believe you. And there are no, there are no consequences anymore for lying, cheating. You no, can do whatever true. you want. Yep. And nobody cares. We now I was thinking back when our first friend died. Now, like everybody loses a friend in their teens. I don't know why that happens, but teenagers do die. There's no because it because of very dangerous behavior. Yeah, in mostly. general, if you can actually see the cause of death by age bracket down to like the numbers, and yeah, for anyone below the age of like forty, I think suicide and a lot of suicide. injury are by far the highest. I'll give you another uh, stat because I sat and talked to a friend of mine about this, too. He said, what kind of neighborhood do you grow up in? I said, well, let me put it this way. I went to school with or grew up with 10 people that murdered someone. Ten. And some of them murdered multiple people. One of them's in Supermax in in Colorado for the rest of his life because he killed four people, including two cops. So you said five people you knew are still alive. So 12 killed 12 and then were executed. That leaves one. No, they didn't kill each other. Oh, okay. They didn't kill each other, but, well, one, like I said, opened up the... uh, Opened up, he got in an argument in his fourplex and opened a fire on everybody and killed everybody in the building. So that was a nice touch. Generally not good behavior. Oh, we do? Okay. We'll break. We'll break. I'm sorry. We'll be back. Sorry sorry to interrupt your walk down memory lane. No, I'm just saying, (laughs) you need to understand this is not a skin color thing. It's a neighborhood poor people thing. It just, you know, it's not saying that black people don't have troubles, that white people don't. That's not what I'm saying. But you need to get this dialed into, it's... The culture of the neighborhood that can really lead you down the wrong path if you're not careful. We'll be back with a special guest next. Tom Bernard here with my buddy and CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Great to have you here, Michael. Always great to be with you, Tommy. Michael, we've talked before about the XCheck app at North American Banking Company, where you can send money to your friends and family directly from your account to theirs for free. I imagine people are using that a lot these days, huh? Beyond paying a friend back for the dinner you split or paying fantasy football or golf side action, we've heard from our customers that they're using XCheck to send money to their grown-up kids for a family takeout meal or using it to pay the person that plows their driveway in the winter. Our customers love the flexibility of paying right from their account in just a couple of taps on their phone wherever they are located. I use XCheck, and it's just as easy as Michael says. Send money in one business day or less, and it's completely free. Get XCheck by contacting any of North American Banking Company's five Twin Cities locations. So why not bank with my banker? That's you, Mike. Tommy, thanks for the privilege. North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. 
As you know, my friend Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of your life. He didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow. Mike created the new Giza Dream Sheets. They look and feel great, which means an even better night's sleep for me, which is crucial for my busy schedule. Mike found the world's best cotton called Giza. It's ultra soft and breathable, but extremely durable. Mike's Giza Sheets come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. The first night you sleep on the Giza Sheets, you will never want to sleep on anything else. Giza Dream Sheets come in a variety of sizes and colors. Mike is making a special offer for my listeners. You buy one set, get another set absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use promo code TOM, T-O-M. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the MyPillow mattress topper, MyPillow towel sets, and so much more. Call 1-800-516-5146, use promo code TOM, or go to MyPillow.com. Make sure you use the promo code TOM. Yeah, baby. We're back. We've solved all the problems of the world. We understand the difference now between billionaires who get married at 73 to a 32-year-old. God bless those guys. Hey, you know what? Hopefully they're in love. Yes, and that, hopefully. It's a wonderful they thing. They just got married? Yep. In a pandemic? Like, like yesterday, I think. Did they just go to like City Hall? What was their wedding situation? I don't know. What's I need all the details. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you went to the old Dayton's department store and did it in there. I bet. That'd be good. The, what was it called? Oval? The Oval Room. room? Yep. Oh, yeah. The That's Oval where room. my in-laws met, working at the Oval Room. Working at the Oval Room? Yeah, right? I used to work there as a bus, as a uh, stock boy. They let oh, you in the Oval Room? No, I was a stock boy at Dayton's. And uh, okay. not the Oval I was going to say, Thank you for bringing in that the child up, shoe department. <laughs> we got Abigail. Abigail Lesman, how you doing, Abigail? Good, thanks. How are you doing? Marvelously well. The book, Rage, Narcissism, Patriarchy, and the Culture of Terrorism, sounds like my family in which I grew up. <laughs> it does sound a lot like your old neighborhood. <laughs> it does, doesn't I'm it? Oh, yeah. God. It's terrible. No, we were just talking about that, Abigail. I, I grew up in the inner city, and there was a lot of rage, narcissism, patriarchy, and terrorism. So, yeah. Well, we, there you go. So what? you don't need to read the book because you lived it. No, I have to read the book to make sure I get all my ducks in a row. I have to read the book now you for do, sure. because then you'll understand yes. what it was really all about. Yeah, the motivation and mindset—that is the most—that is I the most fascinating fun. thing to me. It's like, why do people do what they do? Wonderful. What causes someone to be a terrorist, member of a street gang, a white supremacist, or a mass shooter? Why are hate crimes at the highest and deadliest levels in a decade? Most people cannot fathom the motivation and mindset of such a violent individual, but a journalist specializing in the study of terrorism and radicalization has authored a definitive breakthrough book that exposes how narcissism, patriarchy, and what she calls a culture of terrorism lead to violence, mayhem, and death on a large scale. Uh, one question I have for you, Abigail, before we launch into the book. Well, it's about the same subject, but we were just talking about this. Why is everybody so hateful? And will that it doesn't if you, they could say things that would ruin someone's life and they don't care. It's a new kind of terrorism. Well, I, I wouldn't say that it's a kind of terrorism, but it's certainly a symptom of those things that lead into terrorism. And I think part of that is is the Trump phenomenon. You know, he has done a wonderful job at making people angry. 
and making them feel victimized and making them feel that there's someone else to blame for all the things that are wrong in their lives. And so whatever he says, people don't care because all it does is make them feel better. Um, but I'm, it's the other side that's so angry, which is what I don't understand. It's which side? Of the the left side of the of the aisle is very very angry. The I mean, also very, but it's the same thing. Say, it's oh, it's the same, same story. Thing. It's the far left and the far right. The far left is also very angry. They're yeah. very angry at what Trump has done. They're very angry at the violence on the right. They're very angry at what they think is. Uh, a, a system that victimizes them. On both sides, you find people who believe that they've been victimized. And they believe they've been victimized because they think that they are entitled to more and better. Why, and why, are, why are they entitled to more and better? Are you asking me or are you yeah. asking no, that? No, no, I'm asking you. Why, why, why do they think they, they deserve more? Um, I think there are two different reasons. I think on the right, a lot of it, a lot of what happens on the right comes from the culture, an honor culture, um, a patriarchal culture that is hierarchical. And I think on the left, you have younger people. And those are people who are members of a generation that was raised to believe that they should that they deserve everything, they should have everything. Okay. When you when you run a race, everybody wins. Mm -hmm. Everybody's equal. There's no reason to work harder because you should get whatever it is, whatever you deserve by virtue of your existence. You should get it anyway. So Abigail, what are we to do if we're kind of stuck right in the middle of both of them? What? what? <laughs> Because I am a centrist. I'm not a Republican nor a Democrat. Mm -hmm. I see a lot of blame to be placed on both sides of the issue. These people are so angry and, I mean, ruining people's lives over this. It just, yes. uh, so what, what are we to do, Abigail? Um, well, you know, if I knew the absolute answer to that, I <laughs> won the Nobel Prize long ago. But That's true. I think, um, I think the most important thing for us to do is to maintain that centrist vision to maintain a sense of balance, um, to encourage. One of the things that um, research has shown over and over again is that any culture where women are oppressed tends to be more violent. So we, as, as a culture in the center, need to really work at emancipating women, emancipating women abroad, um, but also increasing literacy in the schools because literacy also helps people to think more empathically. Sure, sure. Um, when you read, you imagine. When you imagine, you, you can't feel empathy if you can't imagine what it is to be in another person's shoes. Reading literature, they've proved this scientifically, actually helps to develop empathy. So those are the kinds of things we can do in, within our own lives with the people around us. But I think it's also really important to bear in mind that the kind of patriarchal systems that exist in America and abroad need to be opened up, or we're going to continue with this in America. We're going to continue with Islamic terrorism, white racism, the, the far left, the far right, everybody fighting each other, this kind of black and white, literally black and white thinking. Yeah. Well, I agree with what you're saying, but... It seems like if you say that you're a centrist, then people get mad at you for that. <laughs> they do. Yeah, it's true. 
Well, it's like, well, then know, you don't believe in anything, man, really. <laughs> it's like, uh, you're both nuts? How about that? <laughs> exactly. You're, you're absolutely right. Um, you know, so they so they get angry at you. I mean, it's one thing for people to get angry at you. It's another thing for you to be violent in your response to right. them. Right, right. Um, and, and, and I think one of the major things that we can do is to model um, the kind of behavior that we want, which is debate and discussion and exchanging ideas, which is something that you see less and less of in universities, for instance. Um, you know, but you see people with this rage, and they're coming at each other with clubs and knives and guns. I think what we need to do is encourage people to do this with our voices. You know, one thing we have to do, Abigail, is, is separate the whole male thing, the patriarchy thing. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you why. Because um, the way I grew up, uh, my mother raised me. My father was gone. We were seven kids in the family. My father was hospitalized, and he was institutionalized, actually. My mother raised us. Abigail, and I'm being 100%, this, my my wife is on the show. Our daughter's on the show. Our son, It's the four of us are all related. It's mom and dad and the two kids on this show. And I literally, it took me a while in life to figure it out, like a long while, but I cannot work for a man. I can't do it. <clears throat> I've had a hard time all my life. I've always taken my orders from my mother and my two sisters. I can't have a guy telling me what to do. So what? That's very interesting. What should and I do, possible. Abigail? I'm screwed. I got no chance. <laughs> well, what's especially interesting is that m- most of the men who I studied, um, who grew up in the situation you did, mm-hmm. turned out to be just the opposite. They became. Um, really misogynistic. What? Uh, (laughs) Why? Because they became the men in the family. Because they they were often over-modelly coddled by their mothers. I mean, this is this is what Anders Breivik, this is Anders Breivik's story. Mm -hmm. His father was absent. His mother totally told him how perfect he was, Molly coddled him, gave him the right to do anything he wanted, and he turned into a raging pathological narcissist who went off and killed 77 children. What? 69 children, sorry, 77 people altogether. So, um, yeah, you are actually an unusual example. Thank you, honey, for not turning into a serial killer. (laughs) (laughs) Abigail, I think maybe the reason for that, the reason for that is... I, yes. <laughs> I adored my mother. I mean, I have, to this day, I miss She's been dead for 12 years, and I adore my mother. No question about it. But my mother was was not all that easy on me. She she was just a good mother. She literally, I just told a story. I also do a morning show. We should have you on the morning show as well. It's a great conversation for people to hear that, um, this kind of thing, I think. Because nobody's, sure. Abigail, nobody's talking about this. I love the fact no. you're talking about this. Well, I wish they would be talking about it. Um, they're not. And, and no. that's part of, again, you know, if you don't talk about the problem and you can't understand the problem, and if you can't understand the problem, you're never going to solve the problem. Um, so, I, I mean, I would love to come back and talk to you about it on your morning show and, and get more people to understand what yeah. it is we're living with and what it is we can do to change it. I think it's a wonderful thing. I mean, it, it, what I really like about this, Abigail, talking about this, and we were kind of on a different subject just before he came on, we need to, to get away from this idea in America from from the far right and the far left because they both think the same thing, that it's all about 
men or women or black or white and that everybody fits in their little category and it's very tribal and it's all based on tribes and it's all no there are different kinds of men in the patriarchy uh some of us don't get to take part in the patriarchy because we have no interest in doing it but not all men are the same not all black people are the same white people are the same not all women are the same and i hope we do learn that we're all different inside it's a real biggest problem for me abigail is and I know this sounds terrible, and I don't mean it to sound terrible, but smaller men are a real problem for me. Because I'm a bigger guy, and they, men get really weird about that thing. When you're bigger than they are, they get really weird. I'm serious. They do. I, you know, I think that that has to do with the part of the country that you're in. Well, you might be right about it. Why do you think that, though? I think you're right, though. Because I think that's part of the culture that I talk about in the book, that... You know, when I mention in rage that there's um, an honor culture in the South, it's also partly in the Midwest. Yeah, part, yep. and and it is part of this um, this macho male-oriented vision of the world, mm-hmm. and it happens to be more in 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 a kind of rugged state than you would find like than you would find in Eastern states in New York, where I am at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it really is part of, of a, a societal, cultural ethic that, that you, you define man and masculinity in different ways, and you define power in different ways. Um, and I think a lot of it in the Midwest does have to do with how big you are and how strong you are and how rugged you are and, the, you know, the, the, the big woodsman versus the the little guy who's sitting around, you know, who's sitting next to him, handing him the little pieces of wood. That's not Can't mine as much coal. Can't mine it exactly. Or iron, I guess. Abigail, right. there's only one problem with, with your argument as far as I'm concerned. You don't want me swinging an axe out in the woods, man. <laughs> I'd be dead. I got no talent in that area whatsoever. Yeah, he'd, he'd be dead from blood loss in 10 minutes. <laughs> I'd cut my own leg off. Yeah. Uh, Abigail, do you do you have a few more minutes? Do you mind if we do? You, do you have to go? No, I'm fine. Do you, would you like? Would you mind staying for another segment? Sure. We'll be back in just about a minute and a half, two minutes. Love to talk to you about Abigail Abigail Esman, ladies and gentlemen. The book is called Rage: Narcissism, Patriarchy, and the Culture of Terrorism. More with Abigail in just two minutes. Tom here for Shift Real Estate. Last year, about this time when we were making plans for Key West, I met the folks from Shift Real Estate, and when I heard the Shift story, it made sense to me. It made sense to my kids, and it makes sense to pretty much everybody that's heard about them. Shift Real Estate saves home sellers thousands of dollars on real estate fees. How do they do it? Shift lists for a flat fee of $5,000. You work with a full-time salaried agent. They take professional photos and videos of your home, list it on the MLS, and market your home online, all for a $5,000 flat fee. Call Shift Real Estate and tell them about your home. Tell them that you heard me talking about it, and they will tell you how you can save $10,000 or more when you list with Shift. It's the common sense way to sell your home. Visit Shift2Sell.com. That's Shift, the number two, Sell.com. Because life is expensive enough. What's more important than reliable plumbing? Having someone you can rely on in case it ever needs attention. Hi, Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Look, you don't want to mess around with leaks or shoddy installation or repair when it comes to plumbing. 
Sabre is the largest installer of Moen fixtures and Ream water heaters in Minnesota. They're dependable pros who get the job done right. So when plumbing happens, call Sabre or visit saberheating.com. Northern Metal Fab right off the interstate in Baldwin, Wisconsin is a custom job shop specializing in large-scale projects. Northern Metal Fab is now hiring for all positions, including welders, painters, and inspectors, to provide quality craftsmanship to their customers. Northern Metal Fab is growing, and their growth is your opportunity. Northern Metal Fab offers competitive pay, excellent benefits, and more. Apply online today at nmfinc.com. That's nmfinc.com. Northern Metal Fab is an equal opportunity employer. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Abigail Esman, our special guest. The book is called Rage, Narcissism, Patriarchy, and the Culture of Terrorism. I want to thank you, Abigail, because I just got about 15 messages from friends on my phone saying, we're laughing our asses off picturing you as a woodsman. (laughs) (laughs) They're not buying it, Abigail. No. They're not buying that. Not oh, I'm not Jack. talking about you specifically. Uh, no, I am, I am, I'm talking I am. about the general, um, the general idea and the general ideology and, and, and mythology of of uh, a, a manly hyper macho culture. Yeah. Well, I'm not that. Actually, Catherine and I have been together on September 3rd next year. Catherine and I have known each other for 40 years. We've been married for 36 it's years. Not possible. Will you stop lying? <laughs> Will you stop and she's lying? only 25. How do you do yeah. that? Uh, it's unbelievable. You know, I'm, I'm a bit older than she. and uh, Well, actually, I'm, I am eight and a half, nine years older than she is. But uh, from the day we met, we've pretty much been together, you know, hanging out. That's have a two. Lovely. Oh, it's a great thing. We have a great son here. He's the, Andy was the one you talked to on the phone. Mm-hmm. Our daughter Alex is here. And our children just told us something, Abigail, and maybe this kind of fits into the whole deal. They said they don't know of anybody else that's as close to their family as the four of us. And we don't force the issue. We just all really love one another and respect one another and like being together. We work together every day. So I think, you know, if you get mom and dad running the show together, I think it's a good thing. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Nobody's the boss. Is. And I think that the, not just mom and dad, but also the siblings. Um, it doesn't sound to me like there's any kind of, well, maybe there is some sibling rivalry there that goes on. But by and large, they work as partners. Mm-hmm. And there's no sense, I think, that one is more important or better than the other. Oh, no. And no, no. one of the things, for instance, that you see in um, Middle Eastern society is that, you know, the, the, the boy is pampered. The boy is a yes. little prince and the girl yeah. is a second-class citizen. And that raises the son to look at women in that way and to look at the world in a hierarchical way, that there are good people and bad people, better people and lesser people. And it becomes the way they approach everything that they do in their interactions with the world. There's the us and the them, the good and the bad. And your children clearly don't seem to have that. No. If they do, they haven't told you. <laughs> well, <laughs> They're I've hiding always, it from me, yes, exactly. I've, I've, I've <laughs> always regarded myself as a feminist. I'm not real pleased with the feminist movement today. I think mm-hmm. it's going in a bad direction, but... Um, I I was always like, uh, you know, I was out mowing the lawn. You know, I I right. always tried to model that women could do 
things that guys traditionally did and um, well, you never cooked, but let uh, me put it this way: Abigail. <laughs> he did laundry because we do more. He did laundry. Oh, here we go! You had to stab me in the back. I, I had. You had to do it, Abigail. You had to do it. No, I mean, I was always very aware of the that whole line that needed to be, you know, yeah, it needs to be true. squiggly. It can't be straight. Oh, by the way, right. Abigail. But it's something that you taught your son as much as you taught it to your daughter. Yep. And this yep. idea that. Basically, that people are equal, that people can do what they set their mind to do, whether they are male or female or black or white or Muslim or Jewish or Christian. It's about what they set their minds to do, and we can all do it together. And if that's the example you set, um, it's, it's the perfect example that the rest of America, I wish, would follow. Thank you. I agree completely. Abigail, one one thing that I do have a problem with, and I don't know, there's nothing I could do about it, but as I said, we've been doing this show for eight years, and I've been on the same morning show here in Minneapolis uh, for 35 years. I do the, I've do. i been doing the same show for 35 years, and it's so funny because some people I meet think I'm way far left politically. Some people I meet think I'm way far right politically, and I just can't win. It's It's really weird. You know, I'll tell you something. I have, well, they're, they're both deceased, but I have uncles on both sides. One is very, was very far left, and the other was very far right. And I used to send them the articles that I wrote. And both of them would always write back to me, wonderful, I agree completely. <laughs> there you go. And I figure that means I'm doing my job. You're a genius. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously, so are you. Yeah, I don't know why. It, it, it just it amazes me, though, that people get this, that first blush thing. Is that really still important? And, you know, when you meet someone new, first blush is still very important, isn't it? Sure it is. Scary. Cause Why? Because some, some days I'm nicer than other days. <laughs> you know, it's that kind of deal. You know, people have bad days, so I hope you don't meet me on a bad day because you probably, oh, that guy's a jerk. Forget him. <laughs> I well, I'm glad I didn't meet you on a bad day. No, it was not a bad day. As a matter of fact, I love talking to you because you make total sense of this whole situation. Instead of making excuses for either side, instead of coming up with, well, if they did this or that, that's not your approach. Your approach is, why don't we make it the best we can from where we are? I like improving life as it stands for everyone. I don't think blaming anyone for anything uh, is that great an idea. I'm talking about en masse, of course. Blaming an yeah, entire but blaming people. people for things is exactly what what rage is all about. Yeah, it is, isn't it? You know, it's it's we're angry, we're we're uh, resentful, we want to blame other people and not take responsibility for things ourselves. And what do you do with that? You it be, it becomes rageful, and when when you're enraged, you get violent. You and know, in some ways, yeah. it's exactly about not blaming other people. Mm-hmm. One of the things when, when I first met Catherine, or uh, let's say 10 years into the relationship, I used to do a lot of weightlifting with my, I, I know I used to lift weights with a lot of professional wrestlers. So you, if you saw me, you would probably think this way over the top, Mr. Macho, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. That's what you would think. But Catherine, from the very beginning, when I would get angry with someone to the point where I wanted to go over and choke them out, you know what she did to me? She petted me like a little dog. 
and it calmed me right down. It was, <laughs> she would. She'd start petting my head. It was hilarious. Everyone Nancy likes Pelosi it. tried that with Donald Trump, and that didn't go over too well. Yeah, that did not work well. <laughs> Might have been the hairstyle. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? There's a lot going on. You know, what's amazing about that, Abigail, is I, back in April, had lunch with President Trump, and he is nothing like that in person. Isn't that weird? It's, a, it's an act. Well, I don't know. I'm I'm not going to get involved in that. No, no, no. I just mean I just mean that real blustery thing that he does. That's not what he's like well, in he's person at definitely all. Definitely, I think that's how everyone is on camera. Well, he's, eh, probably. He's definitely a showman. Yes, that's for sure. He he is a showman. But I I've yeah. known a lot of people who who know him and um. Yeah, next subject. <laughs> <laughs> Sound like you're a big fan. I tell you, I do. Well, you know, Abigail, that's one of the problems that I, I do have. I don't, if you're the President of the United States, I don't like you. Sorry, you're not, you're not my kind of person. I, anybody that needs that much power, I don't know that I could get along with them. Oh, I don't know that I agree with that. Some, for some people, it's power. For some people, it's, and this is one of the things I actually talk about in Rage, and that, that, different kinds of narcissism that are out there. Um, mm-hmm. And that, you know, in, in many ways, writing a book is narcissistic, right? I mean, well, I, I, suppose, I think yeah. that I can in some way change the world mm-hmm. as a journalist, as a writer, as someone who puts her ideas out there and wants to convince people to believe the things that I believe. So I, I think a lot of the people who, who go into politics genuinely do that because they believe they can make a difference. And it's not about wanting power. It's about wanting to help the way people become doctors. Yeah, I, I, on a local state level, I could see that. But once you get to Washington, D.C., there's just so much money involved. It scares it's me. too much money. A lot of money. People love money, Abigail. It's Yeah, they do. Yes, they do. Now, Abigail, are you getting arrested? That's like the fourth <laughs> squad car <laughs> that's coming. The sounds of New York. That's <laughs> the sounds of New York. I, I do. I like your attitude about the whole situation. It's, uh, um, you know, you're very even keel about it. You you have your likes, you have your dislikes. I think uh, that if people would understand that we are all not the same, that all men are not part of the patriarchy. I certainly am not because I have no interest in that whatsoever. A lording of, uh, again, my mother was an angel to me. So you know, what am I going to do with that? Well, but at the same time, there are so many people who have done the kinds of things you've done, for instance. I mean, that, that you know, get involved in weightlifting and fighting and, and a lot of these kind of macho activities as a way of proving their manhood. And yeah. if that gets threatened and they feel that their honor has been taken from them as men, that's when the rage starts and that's when the violence starts. Why would they let and that happen? Bless your mother that she didn't raise you that way. No, she did not at all. No, we were all, there were five boys and two girls, and everybody was just as important as the last one. Uh, there was not one kid in the family who was more important than anybody else. She, she did it. And this is a woman who worked, you know, 12, 14 hours a day as a diner waitress. Wow. We were, she had no money. She had nothing. But she taught me to be strong and believe in myself. And, uh, you know, there was never any of this, you're better or worse. Her, her message was always, you're no better than anyone else and you're no worse than anyone else, so don't let anybody tell you that. That's we're, what Joe Biden's mother used to tell him. Yeah, well, you know, he's a nice Catholic boy, too, just like me. You know, it's all, <laughs> it's all the same deal. Well, I don't know about a nice guy. He might be a nice guy. I don't know. I don't know. I've never met him. 
But I think, Abigail, we need more people like you getting the message out without taking – you don't take sides. You know, the fact you don't like Donald Trump is your business. That's fine. I, I would have no problem with that whatsoever. But you deliver a message that could help everybody, not just a certain group of people. You're trying to help everybody, and I really love that. Well, thank you. I hope it, it does help people. And I hope while, you know, in doing that, it also brings more attention to the issues of domestic violence because domestic violence is where so much of this really starts. Really? Yeah. Oh, Abigail, starts, I'm sorry to hear it that. It starts in the home. Public violence starts with private violence. And <sighs> I hope that... People who do read this book will start to understand how important that is, not just for the families involved, but for the the society that we live in. You know, Abigail, I have absolute proof that I've never been violent toward Catherine, and my proof is I'm still alive. (laughs) (laughs) So there you go. Now, I love my wife. I adore my... She she left the room. She took a phone call, but I, I... The kids know this, that I adore Catherine. I love her as a person, as my wife and everything. Andy's a great kid. Alex is a great kid. I mean, we I'm the luckiest man on earth. The people never stand back and go, man, am I lucky. Maybe I shouldn't be such a jerk. Oh, everybody should stand back and say that they're lucky. Ah, I wish We're they would. We're all very lucky. We are indeed. Abigail, I'm going to... Uh, do I reach out to you through your publisher? How do I get Because I'd love to have you on the morning show as well. It's a very highly rated show. It's a big audience. You can sell a lot of books. That would be good. That would um, be good. That's a good I idea. I think either get in touch with with Adrian, who was first in touch with you, or oh, okay. um, you can reach out to me directly, either one. We'll get it done. Abigail, you're a terrific guest. I love your attitude. I love your honesty. You're very honesty about your, you know, the things you don't care that much about, things you do care <laughs> a lot about. I, I love that. Honesty is a great thing, Abigail. Well, that's what I'm known for. Well, good. I'm not tactful, but I'm, I'm, you, you, you know what you're getting with me. <laughs> well, I love it. Abigail, we'll Great. talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank you so much, Tom. Bye-bye. Abigail Esman, ladies and gentlemen, the book's called Rage, Narcissism, Patriarchy, and the Culture of Terrorism. Very, very smart woman. Wait, well, very smart person. I shouldn't just say woman, should yeah. I? Am? Way to go, by Dad. By golly. Way to go, Dad. Yeah. We'll oh, by back. gosh, by golly. By gosh, by golly. We'll oh, be back for part two with the family. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my my question is, you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Walls Road Motor Group, Walls.com, and Doug Sprinthal. Nissan news. This is exciting, and I'm glad Andy's here. We just got our first shipments at Coon Rapids Nissan and Burnsville Nissan of the all-new 2021 Nissan Rogue. Dude, you need to trade. This is a brand-new vehicle. It's got bird's-eye parking, so when you're 
backing up, you hit the screen, and it, it's like a spy satellite above oh. the vehicle. It is, and it's got Pro Pilot. It is cool. Trade your car in. Well, Melissa said she did like this one better than the last one, so maybe she'll like the next one better than this one. All right, be like Andy and Melissa, and check out the Nissan Rogue. It's been a dream of mine to be like Andy ever since he was born. <laughs> So, yeah, check out these vehicles at Walzer Nissan in Burnsville and in Coon Rapids, House of J-Lo and the House of Dan Resch. Tell them Andy sent you. Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. I was telling Officer Dave the story about the wedding down in uh, Florida when I asked the... Uh, the chief wine steward, the sommelier down at this one hotel down there, it's beautiful. She said, I can't tell you whose wedding it is because you'd know their name. There are 600 people in attendance. And I said, really? This must be a little spendy. She goes, well, the dinner, the dinner is $600,000. So I've never been invited to a wedding wow. like that. I'd like to point that Holy out. Holy cow. Six hundred grand just for the food. Thousand bucks a piece. Oh yeah, baby! A little wine pouring, you think? God, I picked the wrong damn job. Yeah, didn't we? <laughs> didn't we? It's true. Um, so basically, I'm looking at all these different uh, news sites. Andy, you got to change the clock. Thank you. Thank you very much. Great to be here. Even though we're not actually doing that anymore. But hey. Well, I just want to make sure we, we get our guest on, on time. Well, we can we do whatever we want. Doing Segments. Something? That's well, the point is that segments don't have to be exactly 10 minutes. Well, no, they don't, but I just have to have the guest on time. Well, we know when 12.35 is, don't we? Oh, my God. It, it, See, Dad's got a radio brain. He's been doing radio That's for so long. That's the biggest so insult <laughs> that I've ever gotten in my life. No. Dad's got a radio brain. Radio no, brain. I'm just thinking of all the people I know in radio. It's like, oh, my God. That's not what I meant. Please. I meant, I meant like you're used to sure, having honey. your commercial breaks have to be when your commercial breaks are and all that Everything kind of does stuff. need to be right on time. or it does. Yeah, I've noticed yeah, ever true. since we started being more like on like radio clock time, mm -hmm. you've been more relaxed. When it was more freewheeling. You really couldn't deal with that too well. Yeah, freewheeling doesn't work for me too well. <laughs> I've been trained since I was, what, 14 yeah. years old or uh, something? Yeah, that's what I say. You've been watching the clock for a long time. People so. tell me I have a cop's My wife tells me I have a cop's brain, even though she doesn't know what that's about. But yeah. I don't let people, don't like people behind me, don't like, yeah. you yeah. know, all that stuff. I'm like, no, it's true. Oh, well, I have sure. a cop brain too. There you go. Yeah, it's I remember when he was really young, he would be like... We, we need to sit in the corner so we can see out. I'm like, what are you, the godfather? What's happening? Why, why did you get this? I don't this? like people behind me. It's What weird. is that? It's, it's wise. That's what it is. Don't yeah, but let you don't have PTSD me. from it. Nobody well, was no. beating you up as a child. That's true. No, I that. tried, but he in fought church, back. Church, too, I sit in the back because it's like, nope, I'll sit He's, back here. So, so you don't have any yeah, issues with that. that. Only thing I can't stand is people tailgating me in the car because I've been hit. <laughs> While on the highway, mm, going yeah. 50, and it was a bad accident. It was I, not I, I, I was actually someone. working that day. And oh, really? That happen, yeah. Oh. Why do you rear-end someone going 50? Because she was going like 70 and not looking yeah. up. Yeah. Oh, you're talking about the day you got hit? Yeah, yeah. and, I've I, been, and I have been dealing yeah. with neck and shoulder problems ever since. She no could have used the 12 rules since. of attention. She sure could have. Was she really going 70? Oh, at least. 
I mean, at least. Well, yeah, I was Man. I was going down a small hill, not a big hill. Yeah, and right I was there at I was starting. Right? Yeah, I was probably going fifty five, maybe sixty, but I saw that the light was going to change, so I started kind of slowing down. You know, I don't like to screech up to the up to the light and slam like on my brakes. <laughs> uh, and I had cookies in the back seat for my cookie exchange okay, party that, that I was going to. Was Michelle's house. You can't yeah, have and I, So I was just going down a small incline, and she came screaming over the hill, and I saw her coming. And I was like, okay, she's going to go. I mean, I just saw her just smash into me. Yeah, not she was even doing looking. makeup or something. I don't 70 know. 70 miles an hour, she wasn't even She said looking. she wasn't on her phone. Because right. I remember I got out of the car, and I'm like, what yeah. the fuck? Yeah, I know. And she's like, "I wasn't on my phone. I promise." I'm like, "Why?" I'm like, "Why did you hit me then? What, what was were that you the doing?" First thing out of your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when that happened. A cop called into the show. Minneapolis cop called into the show and said, "Just uh, cleared an accident scene just minutes ago." And boy, did this pop into my head when I heard you say this, <laughs> because uh, a person rear-ended another person on 35W. Uh, not only was she eating, she was putting on makeup oh, yeah. while she was eating wow. and driving. It's like, what? Well, I, I'm, I'm what going to be known doing? as the crazy lady in our neighborhood once again. I was the crazy lady in our old neighborhood because of all the uh, circle me. jerks and the nudists <laughs> over in the park. Yeah, that's true. You know, that I, I was complaining. Anymore. And everybody's like, I've never seen it. I'm like, well, I'm not hallucinating circle jerks. <laughs> no. Am I? Oh, boy. <laughs> Well, just because they hollered out, kill the rich to you. Yeah, you know, that, that kind of great. stuff. So anyway, so now we've got a problem with speeders on our road oh, that I take the dog yeah. for a walk. It's posted 30. Mm-hmm. The the stop signs are not, are, they're, sorry, not stop signs. The speeding speed signs, speed mm-hmm. limit signs aren't where they should be. No, there are none down there. No. It's a it's a mess. And some people it are is. going 50. I mean, yeah, if you true. step off the road curb at the wrong time you're going to get hit mm, yeah, there's no, no question about it it's bad it's not good so I'm, I'm waving at everybody <laughs> and it's so funny because and, and people are like some people stop what are you waving at me for and i said just showing you that i'm here because we have a big problem <laughs> yep. with speeders here what are you waving at and some, me for? And, like, and a lot of people wave and they smile uh-huh. they're like oh Oh, I mean, they're like all happy. happy. Some people take it as this huge insult. Some people just oh like wave, God. like, "What the hell?" Or is she maybe she's slow. I don't know. <laughs> and I'm just like, it's just pretty interesting. So I'm like, just raising awareness that there are people here. So they take it the way that's best for them. Absolutely. Yeah. That's how it works. One, one woman argued me, with me because she was only going 35, and I'm like, "Well, it's 30." <laughs> Yeah, and I'm, I'm here, but you're 35. <laughs> and I, I just was waving to so, so you could see me because there's a curve yeah, in the exactly. road. And the way that they've got the lines painted, mm-hmm. there's this white line that goes, it goes from a big parking sort of area right into the sidewalk. So people follow that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right off the curb. And if they're going 50 oh, and you're standing right there, it's kind of scary. The dog flinches a oh, lot of times because they're going so Yay. fast. So anyway. That's my rant. Oh, I, if I'm working on an accident scene, I generally stand right in the middle of the street. Oh. Just to slow everybody be down. be careful. Just to slow everybody down. Well, somebody's going to be putting on makeup, yeah. Yeah. looking you know at what? their I'll phone, do more and they're going to hit you. Yeah. They'll do to me. Have you, ever seen this? <laughs> Have you ever seen that scene where Superman gets hit by a car, and the car goes like... Yeah. <laughs> 
kind of peels back a little bit. I, I, I've been known to stare at people occasionally as they go by, and they're like, oh, because, you know, I'm so small. And well, We're not very far from an era where every car is going to have the ability to read the current speed limit That's true. and report back if you're going well over it. That's very it's true. It's going to happen. That's the, good. The I, Teslas now, yep. those self-driving cars... They will. You can override the speed, but they, you know, even GPS tells you exactly yep. how fast you're going. We already have the technology. The question is, that. well, so what's going to happen is someone's going to put it in their car, where if you go over the speed limit, it it reports it to your insurance or the police Ooh, or whatever. I like it. But I it's like going it to go lot. to the Supreme Court, and that's what's going to decide whether or not it stays, well, because probably. it could be argued as you know an invasion of. It's like those uh, red light cameras. You know, in some jurisdictions, they're not legal. In Minnesota, they're not. Minnesota, yep. they're not legal. Yeah, exactly. Why not? Because the invasion just, of privacy, I think. Yep. Because they were, they were, because the camera would see the car, and they would take the license plate, but it didn't take into account who was driving. So mm. if you were loaning your car to somebody and they were speeding, you would be getting the ticket because it was your yeah. car, yeah, and you, you might not have been up. actually speeding. I have a question. But How? I'd be like, I know who I loaned my car to. Well, I mean, yeah. modern cameras can see who's driving the car, that's for sure. Well, I don't think the cameras were all that great. Well, it's like this maybe was, it's this was to... early 90s. So yeah, and if, and if you're screaming through a stop, you, yeah. know, you know. But no, a modern camera, yeah, no problem. Yeah. They could totally see. So maybe it's time to revisit the law. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. I have a question. Hmm. Why do you have a right to privacy on a public road? Yeah, you don't have any right to pri- privacy on you your don't. own telephone. No. You don't have no, right to privacy on the internet, right. your emails. Why do you have? <laughs> yeah, it's it was it was more the, the the technology at the time did not could not verify who the driver was. Yeah, right. That was the yeah, biggest. I one. could see that. Yeah. And nowadays, with you know, the car makers are gonna, you know, like we were just talking with the automatic cars, the automatic braking, and all the other stuff. It won't be long, and they'll be like, yeah, like Andy says, reporting it to your insurance company or to the police. Yeah. That'll I think it runs thing. a lot easier. I think that's a – yeah, that's right. Absolutely. Yep. I think it's a great idea. Well, all you'd have to do is do it. say that your car was just wrong. Yeah. Who's going to be able to yeah. prove it? As we as the technology grows, it will become a lot easier to say that's a bunch of hooey. Yeah. How much is that right. going to cost to hire a little high school hacker to get in there and change that around? <laughs> that's really nice. A high school hacker. That's true. They're the ones who know all this stuff. Yeah, Thank probably God. cars are going to be, you know, that kind of thing will be easy to hack, I'm guessing. Yeah, all they have to do is encrypt it properly. Hmm. 256-bit encryption, It's you can't do anything about that. Oh, I thought these days anybody could hack anything. No, hacking is more difficult than it has ever been. And it's getting harder every day. I guess that's good. People are learning how to... Well, back then, people would just, like... They'd have passwords that just, like, were stored as text files, where if you got into the server, you could see everyone's information. And it's strange that it never occurred to people to maybe just, like, put a little bit of encryption on there. You know, just like... uh, You can... Like a cipher kind of thing. I suppose nobody could figure out how many people were evil hackers that's i suppose there is that yeah. when they made the first computers they weren't thinking maybe people are going to be awful but <laughs> that's true but that's, what, that's what you get for trusting people yeah, that's yeah. It. that is what big you get mistakes. big mistakes yeah 
We got to take a break. Be right back. Rob Paulson will join us in just a couple of minutes with the family. Tom Bernard here, and with me is the CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Michael, a lot of people have heard us talk about community banking over the years. We've been doing these commercials. What makes working with a community bank so different for your customers? Our business banking customers honor us by sharing how we're able to help them on any new project, how we're able to quickly get them the funding they need when others in town can't do it. We do it by taking the time to get to know our customers and the challenges they face. When your business banks with us, you are not just another account number. One thing I've always admired about North American Banking Company is how your team treats not only me, but my friends and family that bank with you so respectfully. Tommy, thanks for making me look good, like my team does. As you know, I have a face for radio. We take (laughs) (laughs) We take pride in doing the right thing for all our customers and the communities we work and live. That's what we mean about being a community bank. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Dan Chesky is here from Dan Southside Marine to talk boats in February. 2021 is all about boat inventory or the lack thereof. Dan's has what you're looking for in the color and model you want. So get in and take advantage of the factory incentives and discounts February offers. Why should our listeners shop for a fishing boat at Dan's Southside Marine? We have the latest models on display, like the new Revolution. It features rotational seating from Premier Marine and the new Lumacraft FSX crossover fishing ski. Both are getting tons of attention and grabbing sales from the competition. Dan Southside Marine is packed with pontoons from Avalon, Berkshire, and Premier with all the rebates and incentives we mentioned at the top. Get the family out this weekend and come see these amazing pontoons. And be sure to ask about custom-rigged Alumacraft fishing boats this weekend at Dan Southside Marine during our February open house. Dan Southside Marine, six blocks west of 35W on 98th Street in Bloomington. Shop online at dansouthsidemarine.com. <laughs> Rebel, Rebel, is that the plan? Ladies and gentlemen, Hulu just announced a November 20th air date, of course, just a few days ago, for Spielberg's Animaniacs. The show was introduced to millennials 30 years ago. Uh, will return with the original cast, including Rob voicing Yako, one of the Warner siblings who lives in the water tower on Warner Brothers' lot. Rob Paulson, our special guest. How you doing, Rob? Hello, Tom. I'm living a dream. I'm a blue-collar worker in the Dream Factory, baby. I'm proud to be such. A blue-collar worker <laughs> in the Dream Factory, baby. Rob, where are yeah. you from originally? I'm from Detroit. I'm from Motown. Just it's kind of a, across the lake a little bit and down, or you go up to the Iron Country and cut across and then down. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, pure Michigan, as they say. I've been in L.A. for 42 years, and love my uh, state that adopted me all those years ago, and it's given me everything. But uh, I am a uh, uh, Michigander, you know, through and through, and a big Red Wings fan. Uh, oh, don't even I, bring up the hockey. Can't wait to go. With all, due respect, with all due respect to the Wild, i got to say, you know that I am such a fan that to this day, if I nick myself playing hockey, I bleed red. It's incredible. <laughs> it's unbelievable. <laughs> unbelievable, Rob. Yep. Well, I have a question for you. Did you ever work in, in Chicago Please. in the 70s? Um, I never did. I worked, no, I, well, I might have if I did, maybe I was in a rock and, I was in an itinerant band that did a lot of club dates, but I don't think so. I moved to L.A. in 1978 uh, full-time. So, no, and I've gone to Chicago since and worked dozens of times, but no, I don't think so. 
No, I was just wondering because I, I I thought I may have worked with you at some and maybe it was in Los Angeles. I I did voiceover from 1977 till about 2010, something like that. So well, you know, I, honestly, Tom, I I did go to New York, I'm sorry, Chicago, to record a bunch of stuff for um, Domino's. I was a spokes voice, you know, voiceover guy for Domino's. That would have been in the mid '80s, and I remember going to Chicago. I forgot the name of the studio, but I went there for two, sort of two or three day sessions to do a whole bunch of spots. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so that is po- totally possible. Yeah. And of course, I I go to New York all the time and do jingles and L.A. jingles. But yeah, I did go to Chicago in the mid '80s to do a pile of stuff for um, Domino's and Doritos, if I don't, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. But in any case, I'm, uh, it, it, it is absolutely possible. No, the reason I brought that up, because I'm pretty sure you and I worked together, because I did a couple of things there, because I used to, I was the voice of McDonald's forever, you know, did all this difference. I'm pretty sure you and I worked together before, had a great time doing it. In uh, 1986, my lovely wife called me and said, uh, I'm going to, we were living in New York at the time. She was in Minnesota. I was in New York. She called me and said, we're going to have a baby. And I went, well, I can't raise a baby at 20th Street and 2nd Avenue in New York. So I came oh, back and started doing radio here in 1986. But then I would still travel to New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago to cut commercials. Sure. It was a great well, business for all man. that time. I'll tell you. Yeah, and I, I find myself, um, especially this time of year, man, well, COVID notwithstanding. Yeah. Football, you know, obviously going to, I mean, you guys, Michigan plays you guys in a little brown jug game all the time. But, yep. Um, the Gophers, but I, I uh, there are very few places as beautiful as Minnesota, Wisconsin, northern Michigan. Yeah. Um, and this time of year, man, I'm telling you, I, I'm looking at the last, you know, the, the, the third act of my life, the opportunity with all this technology to think, you know what, maybe I could go and figure out a way to live in Traverse City or Petoskey. What a great place to, <laughs> right. to you know, wrap it up. No, I understand that completely. One of the great things when I, when I did used to work in L.A., flying, checking in there, Buzz's studio, um, I used to run into everybody from one, one of my favorite stories, Rob, and I do want to talk a lot about Animaniacs, obviously. But one of my favorite things is I was walking into the studio to cut some commercials. They had that Buzz used to have that long, narrow hallway, and I'm walking in the hallway, sure. and Mel Blank came out of one of the studios. How about that? And I said, "Oh, Mr. Blank," and he goes, "Yeah, kid, I know. It's great to meet me." <laughs> 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 the greatest. Fantastic. Oh, my gosh. Uh, you know, I was just over there um, over on Melrose, and our buddy Larry that used to own sure. around that place, you know, he passed away a number of years ago. But yep. Andy and Larry and that whole group, I, they've been, I've worked a hundred times with Buzzies. Um, I have a Mel Blank story, too, and I've heard that very same one. But, uh, <laughs> I did it to everybody? Good. I'm glad he did no, it to everybody. Well, check this out. I was working with him on a cartoon, um, a Jetson. <laughs> project sure. in which he played, you know, on the original Jetson, he played uh, Mr. Spacely. Of course, it's pretty much all he had to say was, Jetson! You know? <laughs> um, but That's it. I walked into the studio, and the late, great Gordon Hunt, who was one of my mentors, and uh, Helen Hunt's father, and sure. also a wonderful uh, director and, and excellent um, acting coach. Um, but um, uh, Gordon said, hey, Robbie, um, Mel's here today. You want to sit next to him? I said, of course. Sure. So I sit next to Mel Blank, who's probably 
78 at the time. And, you know, um, it didn't matter as soon as he opened his mouth, okay? So I sat next to him and I said, Mr. Blank, like everyone with a pulse, I'm such a fan. If it's not too much trouble, and before I could get out of my mouth, he looks at me and says, Yeah, what's up, Doc? And I <laughs> lost my mind. I lost my mind, you guys. It was, it was uh, like uh, sort of mini-apocalyptic in my right. 29-year-old head. Um, and and I, at that moment, I, I was able to see firsthand, you know, the, the power of that voice. That oh, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. it didn't matter that, he, you know, he, he didn't have to say, Duck season, wabbit season, fire! That <laughs> <laughs> was fun, <laughs> funny. And it, it, it took me immediately back to Livonia, watching Looney Tunes with my siblings and my folks, eating Cocoa Krispies. I mean, it was, <laughs> oh, God, it was nothing it. short of astonishing. Well, and to this day, I still, uh, to this day, um, uh, I still get goosebumps telling that story. And it was 30 years ago. Oh, yeah. Amazing. Absolutely. Well, Incredible. So... Our, our our son Andy is here, and he's what? How old are you? Thirty two, thirty three. Yeah, born nineteen eighty six. Thirty four, honey. No, thirty four. Okay, I'm too. That's great. My wife is I'm here. I'm too young to have a thirty four year old son. I'll tell you that much right now. <laughs> well, so, anyway, he, as soon as he saw your name, he was like, "Oh yeah, he, he's going to be on, yeah. really?" Because he was a well, huge fan of mutant ninja you. turtles. Yep. Oh my god. Well, that means a lot. My my son is the same age. And as you can imagine, you brought up turtles. I got to tell you. Oh folks, yeah. Um, uh, it was for my son Andy. Both. Uh, oh. I, I'm speaking on his behalf, but I got to tell you, when your old man is Raphael and you're eight, yep. it's pretty cool. Oh, um, yeah. I bet you must have been the cool even dad. Cooler for me. I used to feel really badly for um, the other parents at career day because <laughs> my kid would say, hey, Daddy, um, you know, I'm in, uh, my third grade teacher says it's, you know, career day. Can you come in? Sure, buddy, I'll come in. Um, uh, you know, the, it would say, okay, kids, uh, this is Lauren's father. He is a mortgage banker, and he's going to discuss oh. how he makes a living. Mm. This is Jason's uh, mom. And she is an attorney, uh, and she's going to discuss. Here's Ash's dad. He's Raphael. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. felt so bad because all you know, the other parents looked at me, and if, if looks could have killed, all those folks would have been in jail for life. <laughs> Isn't that a great story? Uh, and, and it, but it was great, and and now he's married, and you know, uh, he's in the video game business, and we do our own podcast together. It's so much fun, but I must say, um, when, when I now get to, you know, again, when COVID con isn't taking over the, 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 the world, um, the opportunity to travel around the world and meet people our age, folks, who bring um, their child and now their grandchild, and three generations mm. say, oh, my God, Mr. Paulson, I brought every damn action figure. <laughs> Here's my kid. He's 34, 35. And now their kids and all of us love Ninja Turtles because we connect with it. And, and there's this constant sort of turtle DNA. I've gotten two cracks at it. It is a remarkable franchise. Um, and, and all it does, ultimately, is bring 
desperate amounts of joy to people. And I, I won the lottery, kids, I'm telling you. Yep. Yeah, I understand that completely, Rob. By the way, Rob's book, Rob's memoir, is called Voice Lessons. You should definitely read it. It's a fantastic book. Thank you. Rob, do you, do you by any chance have a few more minutes, or do you have to get going? Oh, sure. Fire away. I'm, I'm just waiting for my parole officer to call, and they're on New York time. So. Okay, well, we're just going to take a very quick break and come right back. If you've got ten more minutes, we'd love to continue to talk Absolutely. to you. Absolutely. We'll be right back. Rob Paulson. Tom here for Shift Real Estate. Last year, about this time when we were making plans for Key West, I met the folks from Shift Real Estate. And when I heard the Shift story, it made sense to me. It made sense to my kids, and it makes sense to pretty much everybody that's heard about them. Shift Real Estate saves home sellers thousands of dollars on real estate fees. How do they do it? Shift lists for a flat fee of $5,000. You work with a full-time salaried agent. They take professional photos and videos of your home. List it on the MLS and market your home online, all for a $5,000 flat fee. Call Shift Real Estate and tell them about your home. Tell them that you heard me talking about it, and they will tell you how you can save $10,000 or more when you list with Shift. It's the common sense way to sell your home. Visit Shift2Sell.com. That's Shift, the number two, Sell.com. Because life is expensive enough. Tom Bernard here with my friend John Schwartz, co-owner of AAA Movers, a family-owned part of the Metro since 1964. John, first off, when it comes to moving, not all companies are created equal. What are some of the scary stories you hear about other guys? Tommy, if you hire Chuck in a truck, you unfortunately are going to get Chuck service. AAA Movers makes it our mission to guarantee satisfaction with every step of what can often be a stressful time in your life, moving. We move ten to 12,000 families every year, so from your price quote to the professional, respectful way we handle your life's possessions, we'll make your move easy. I like easy. By the way, this month, if you mention Tom Bernard or KQ, you'll get a free moving box kit with every move, and you'll save 50 bucks off with junk removal with junk luggers. Your move is always triple guaranteed with AAA Movers. That's their price guarantee, safety guarantee, and satisfaction guarantee. Call 612-588-MOVE or online at aaamovers.com. AAA Movers, you may not move every day, but they do. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Um, we were just reminiscing about oh, something. So many, so many. Thank you. Yeah, the Rob. mutant ninja turtle thing. Oh my god, it was such a huge era. Huge in our, our lives. Kids, yeah. And, and something. I, yeah. I, I, I thank you for saying that. And I, I often say when I do live performances, and um, we do, we take the music of Animaniacs on the road under normal circumstances, and of course, the audience is delightful. The, the breadth of which goes to sort of. 10 years old to 70. It's just remarkable because they want to come and hear this great music and all these wonderful characters. And So my partner, Randy Rogel, who wrote most of the songs you guys uh, grew up watching, listening to on Animaniacs and writing mm-hmm. songs for the new series, you know, likes to poke through the stick and say, hey, Raphael and Donatello. And so I always uh, tell people, uh, please, uh, parents, thank you so much. Uh, for buying all those action figures, because as a result of your largesse, my child's teeth are straight today. Uh, <laughs> it, is, uh, it is not hyperbole, you know. Um, it's a big deal. And I, um, that, that franchise uh, is really fascinating for many reasons, not the least of which, folks, is that um, it has inspired so many young creators, young artists to to literally follow their passion and their dreams and 
um, one of the creators, Kevin Eastman, is a dear friend, and um, we have this conversation once a year, usually at Comic-Con in San Diego, and of course the general first question is, Kev, great to see you. Can you believe dot, 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 dot? And now, I think it's 35 years since we did the first pilot really? um, for the yep. animated show. Yeah, it is. Um, yep. Six, six Billion with a B in merchandise. Oh, Whoa. and yeah. we only contributed one billion to that. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, Mr. And Mrs. Mr. And Mrs. Bernard, you know, six billion dollars. It takes you people five months, five years to make that kind of money. <laughs> yeah, Rob, I got to tell you uh, very quickly. You caused a fight between my son and my wife. Not a fight. It was, fight. you just called him an a-hole. So well, he was a little a-hole. I was a little a-hole. You gotta a-hole. hear this, Rob. Because right. this is about okay. you. Right. This so, is about you, okay, right? So, I mean, so Andy, Andy's in preschool kindergarten yeah. age, and um, okay. he's got the Mutant Ninja Turtle sheets, and the Mutant Turtle light-up shoes, mm-hmm. and the outfits, and the quilts. Yeah, the and the NES game, of course. And the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, of yeah. course. So we're just saturated in Mutant Ninja Turtle stuff. So for his birthday, I send a Mutant Ninja Turtle guy to the preschool for a little party for his birthday. In costume. Yep, in costume. In yep. costume. Okay, so wow. so I go there to make sure and I bring the cake and everybody's and I'm like, oh, he's going to be so excited. He's just going to be. This is going to be great. <laughs> All the other little kids are like jumping up and down and they're so, so excited to meet. I don't remember which one it was, which mutant into it was Donatello. Was. Might have been Donatello. I have no idea. Okay. Um, but anyway, Andy, <laughs> Andy is standing in the corner like meh. I'm like, what's wrong with you? He's like, that's not a real mutant ninja turtle. <laughs> not the real deal. Bro. I'm like, you ungrateful little bastard. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> hey, Andy, come over here. Your, your mom, your sweet mom wants to practice her ninja skills on your Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I'm well aware of what an ingrate I was that day. I was like, what a little <laughs> like, shit. I love that story. <laughs> Hey, Andy, Andy, put on your shredder costume so Mom can kick the hell out of you. Yes. God, I was I mad. No, I, listen, I, I, I totally get it. And I have a couple of um, people I've gotten to know uh, over the years, you know, who a lot of whom were, uh, you know, Disney, in Disney walk-around characters. Mm-hmm. They would uh, graduate, if you will, to a turtle character. And um, I remember for uh, my, my son's, I think it was his fifth or sixth birthday, I don't know. My, I, I had a friend of a friend of a friend who could get me an authentic Ninja Turtle walk-around character. Um, okay. mm-hmm. So I said, well, I'll, you know, I'll get a hold of it. I didn't have to pay for it. I'm going to put it on. Jesus Christ, forgive me, but it was like being in a giant Petri dish. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I gross. hear they're not fun to wear. I put that stupid Raphael hat on, and I thought, oh, my God. You kids deserve a stunt fee. It's sweaty, stinky, and, you know, God knows how many kids have thrown up on it. Um, It was, no, it was great. But but I got to say, you know what, you guys, and and what we're doing right now, and I know I'm preaching to the choir, because uh, my son is a fan, and and my son and I are both fans of of all sorts of pop culture things. things. And and, um, I have friends get to do this work. I mean, I, I know 
Bart and Homer and Marge. Yeah. I know um, the brain. I know Batman. I know the Joker. I know all these people. <laughs> I know Mickey Mouse. I, you know, I know Darkwing Duck. And they're the nicest, most grateful, stupid, freaking talented humans you ever, <laughs> ever meet. And, and they're still doing it at the highest level. And now we're doing it with the King of Hollywood, who's 10 years older than I am. And Mr. Spielberg calls and says, hey, I think we got an, an audience for Animaniacs and Pinky and the Brain if you want to do it again. Yeah. But by the way, Hulu and Netflix and Amazon, um, Apple, to whom Mr. Spielberg in person went to pitch this show. Oh, um, yeah. Just so you know, folks, whoever's going to buy this, um, Tress, Jess, Maurice, and Rob are in. It's not about having Liam Neeson be uh, the brain. It's about the authenticity of these characters. Mm. What an incredible thrill. And I don't even know how to wrap my head around the, the, the compliment that a gentleman like Mr. Spielberg would say, not only am I going to go to the pitch, oh, and I'm, gonna, I'm hands-on, but we're not doing it unless these actors want to do it. Are you kidding me? <laughs> it's yep. just a remarkable experience. That is a wonderful... Rob, I'm telling you, it's just so great uh, having you on the show. Andy saw Thank your you. name. Andy saw your name and was like, oh, my God, we're having Rob Paulson on. He's been a fan oh. since day one. Well, like I said, you know, born 86, you know, I, I've been listening to your voice without knowing it most of the time for basically my whole life. Yep. And I think as a, a direct consequence of that is I've always had more of an affinity for voice actors than... You know, Thank like you. stage actors or TV actors that's or whatever. True. So yeah, you're talking about meeting Mel Blanc. You know, you have one yeah. of those voices where it's like, okay, so that's I can point out that's Tom Kenny, oh. or that's Tress McNeil. You know, that's Rob Paulson. Thank you. Well, that means more than you know, Andy. Honestly, um, and the truth is, um, you know, you guys all know, especially because the old man's and you know we're peers. We're in the same gig, and virtually, you know, and and when you get to a place where you've gotten to do something that you don't tell anyone, would do for free, because it just makes your soul happy. And don't get me wrong, I've been rich and I've been poor, and rich is way better. <laughs> however, <laughs> you know, it is, yeah. Right? How, however, the, 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 uh, the joy that I can hear both in your mom and dad and your voice with respect to these characters that have become utterly iconic and I'm good at my job, but I don't draw them, and I don't write them. I, I understand, having had the experience with Mel Blanc, how that hits you, and mm -hmm. how it hits me in my, in my heart and in my ear. However, we've gotten to a place now where I am, am, have so many wonderful opportunities to meet people who tell me the extent to which these characters mean stuff to them, and now they're children. Often, they tell this to me, through tears, because they'll say, Mr. Paulson, yeah. you don't know this, but well, I'm 40 now, using my kids and my wife, but, and they'll take a breath and sort of swallow and say, <clears throat> I was a foster child. Oh. I, from, the, from the time that I was six months old, I went from home to home to home. All of these people did their best to love me. And this is, this is not hyperbole, and it's happened dozens of times to me. And they'll say, as long as there was a television, I was okay. Raphael, Donatello, etc., Pink in the Brain, you know, all of those characters were there. 
and I could figure out when the child life specialist said, um, hey, Danny, I, I, I'm sorry, but yeah, I know. It's time to move. Mm-hmm. And, and I, right? I never had to deal with that with my child, nor, thank God, with my child. But to see that and then to say, but here I am, this is my little boy and my little girl, and this is my wife, and we are all wearing our ninja T-shirts, and I drove from Iowa to Omaha to tell you and your buddies, dot, dot, dot. Again, I say, are you kidding me? How on earth does Rob Paulson from Grand Blank, Michigan, wrap his head around that? And that's how I know how special these characters are. It is way bigger than a paycheck, way bigger than an action figure or a rating point. It is a deep expression of joy and love and gratitude, the most uh, grateful of whom at the receiving end is me. So, man, I, I get it, and I am so grateful to have this opportunity, and I'm going to do it until they punch my freaking ticket. I don't blame them. By the way, Andy just asked if you could come back on the show every day, Rob. <laughs> oh, thank you. Well, now is the time to talk about the money part of it. <laughs> yeah, there you go, baby. How does zero yeah. sound? <laughs> I can say, uh, yeah, I told the guy, I think, listen, Andy, I was born at night, but not last night. Nerve. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Rob Paulson's book is called Voice Lessons. You should absolutely read it. Hulu just announced November. Air date for Spielberg's Animaniacs return. Rob Paulson, you are a brilliant guest, young man. I tell you what, what a ball having you on. Well, thank you, Tom. And and, uh, you're. I'm sorry, madam, what is your name? Catherine. 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 Yes. Well, first of all, you guys were married for 100 years like my wife and me, and I learned very early, probably like you, Tom, that... My wife's three favorite words are not, I love you. They are, no problem, honey. Once yep. I figured that out, my life would take. You know, I, if, if I would, she straightened me out for the first time when I wanted, I'm a sports car guy. And I, yes. I came home and she had, uh, had some curtains made. And I said, wow, those are great. She said, yeah, they ought to be. Uh, they're uh, quite expensive, you know. $100 a yard or something like that. And I said, Jesus Christ. <laughs> what? For curtains? Okay, okay. So she reeled me in, and I said, honey, seriously, for curtains? And she said, well, excuse the hell out of me, Mr. Porsche. <laughs> and how much does that jet fuel cost for your race car? <laughs> okay, so at that moment, the next three words out of my mouth were, no problem. <laughs> I learned my lesson, and to this day, when it's time to get a new car, she'll say, oh, yeah, by the way, I really like that light because I, you know, I'm a real photographer. Mm-hmm. Gulp. No problem, honey. And there you go. So, that is it. thank you very much, folks, for lowering your journalistic standards once again for Yakal and Pinky and the rest of us. Um <laughs> Andy, as Carl Weezer, don't forget to finish your croissant, okay? <laughs> Rob Paulson, no ladies problem, and gentlemen. Carl. Thank you, Rob. We're going to have you on Thanksgiving. again. That Happy Thanksgiving, sir. Thank you. Bye-bye. Rob Paulson. Andy, now let me ask you a question. I want to ask you this on the air, though. So what's that like for your whole life? You know this guy's voice, and now he knows who you are. Does that feel weird? 
Yeah, I mean, it's funny because my whole life you've been introducing me. You'll you'll say like you know, oh, this is the, I don't know, this is the guy who owns some massive company, or this is some famous actor. Right. And I'd always be like, oh, okay, whatever. <laughs> Once again, underwhelmed. But then I get you know, you get the voice of Yakko Warner on, and that's like a big deal to me. It's it's all very strange how relative everything is. It is. That is very but true. But it? it's, you know, it's how you grew up. Like I said, you know, from day one of my life, I was hearing his voice because, you know, right. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, that debuted 87. I debuted 86. So. <laughs> you debuted. And you then, did, but yeah. since then, yeah, he's he went from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Animaniacs, he was on Dexter's Laboratory. Uh, he was on Jimmy Neutron. Let's see, Goof Troop, Darkwing Duck, Chip and Dale, everything. Johnny uh, Bravo. Yeah, you watched all of it. He's, yeah, I he, think. I've probably watched like fifty different shows with him on it. So it's like I said, it's like how you know he met Mel Blanc. He was listening to Mel Blanc his whole life. But yeah. it's also interesting that you would even pick up on who it was doing the voices. Because I mean, I, when I was watching cartoons as a kid, I don't remember caring at all about who was doing the For voiceover. Some reason, Probably because your dad was in the business. Well, maybe. You, you I don't know. Ask Melissa. We'll be playing a game or watching some show or something, and I'll be like, "Oh yeah, uh, that's Jim Cummings right there." And then she'll yeah. be like, "How the hell do you know that?" And I just. I don't know. But just, you, hear, you hear a voice enough, and it yeah, it ticks in your head. You know, it's yeah, it's true. It's yeah. just and you, whatever variation they put on it. You know, I have to be a little good with picking up on inflections and all that mm-hmm. other stuff. Rob so, does yeah. have one of those voices, the very unique voice, yeah. where you can pick it out too. That helps. That was a thrill of a show today. I loved doing the show today. It was great having you in, Officer Dave. Thank I you for having you being me. here. Rob Paulson could have been nice. the whole. The last five minutes of that interview, all I did was picture in my mind, you dressed up as Raphael or Donatello, I don't remember which one it was, when it was snowing three feet yep. in 1991. I remember. I got married a week after that, bad mm-hmm. boy. Oh, yeah. 1981, watching him run up these really snowy driveways <laughs> as a mutant ninja turtle. <laughs> I will never forget Turtles that. on the half shell. Mm-hmm. Turtles <laughs> on the half shell. <laughs> I have kids. I I know all those songs too. And know. we have a it's picture a of you in Disney wonderful. World with with the uh, mutant ninja turtles. Yeah. All of them, I think, were yeah. there. Yep. Yeah, I was like mutant ninja turtles, and they were going to go on break. I'm like, please, <laughs> yeah. please, let this kid see you. Was that when I was young enough not to know the difference between a guy in a costume and a. No, I, I think you. I, I think you were a tiny. I think you were a little bit older. I was old and, enough to know that it's like. Nice well, yeah, to, you didn't think that he, they were actually mutant ninja well, turtles, yeah. but it was. It was still to see the actual costumes in Disney World. You have to wonder what I was like. Was I expecting the cartoon to come into the door? I. Well, I, never I have to say the actor's <laughs> costume wasn't that fantastic. wasn't fabulous. Uh, because they can't, yeah. they couldn't license those. They oh, can't, they couldn't yeah. get them. Right. So they were yep. like doing a version, oh. which wasn't. Most kids were very excited, but yeah. well, of because course. I remember being young enough to think that the cartoon dinosaurs in Land Before Time, I was like, I wonder how they get them to move like that. They must be animatronic. The cartoons. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I remember being young enough to not really understand that the difference well, between the reality right, and yeah. fiction. Right. Yeah, but, but you were born blasé, I'm sorry to say. <laughs> so very blasé. You were born a bit blasé. Thank you again to our guests today. Great guests. Both guests today. Fantastic job. And 
Andy got to talk to Phil Proctor too. Phil doing uh, some work himself. Yeah, they actually worked on uh, Monkey Island together, Rob yep. and Phil. Oh, yeah, they really? did. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's going to do it. We'll talk to you tomorrow. One more show before Thanksgiving. Uh, and I'm glad we didn't take this week off because that was well worth an entire year of broadcast. That was great. That was really Yeah, those fun. were definitely a couple of good guests. Oh, definitely. Who are we going to have on tomorrow? Are we going to have on like a. Well, Dan Castellaneta or something? Yeah. Uh, you're doing know, car selling secrets tomorrow. I don't know. I don't know for sure if he can make it. Maybe. If he can yeah, make well, it, I guess. I we'll try. Know. All right. We'll talk to you later with the family.